Y'all are good? How's the balcony doing? We actually got a crowd back there. <laughs> They're all moving up there. Uh, maybe the worship as a family. Yeah? <laughs> well, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. It is good to be here. Um, glad that you are here. Feel free to um, fill out the attendance uh, record that's in your pew. Sorry, I was like, what is that thing? Um, so you can pass it down, fill it out and pass it down. So y'all do it up there too. Let me know if you need something. Yep, they got it. Okay. Um, a couple of announcements. Um, just there's for our hymn of commitment, um, it's actually an insert. So just be aware that that's the hymn of commitment. Um, and uh, also know that we're going to do all three verses. So don't pay attention to what's listed in the bulletin. That was because there was another version that I was going to use, but anyway, so we're only doing, we're going to do all three verses of the, of the insert. Um, also, the directory update, uh, mentioned this last week, um, <clears throat> feel free to fill it out. Um, I know that you probably did this before, but we're asking for ad additional information, including like birthdays. But then also emergency contact information. And so as I shared last week, and I'll share again, in our elders meeting a couple months ago, we realized that sometimes your church family keeps in touch with you more than maybe um, your other relatives. And so just being able to have another number on hand, not your spouse <laughs> or your partner, but someone else, a neighbor, a, a, a child, just on hand, that's not going to be printed in the directory. That's just going to be for internal pastoral emergency use only if we were to need it. So feel free to, to fill that out. And you can um, drop this in the offering plate. Um, also on the offering plate, you can drop, um, we have prayer cards. Don't forget about the prayer cards. They should be in, your, um, in the pews. If you see someone that's missing or they're on vacation or you just want to write someone a note, um, feel free to tell them you're thinking about them, you're praying for them, you miss them, um, and then you can put their name on the other side and we will mail it for you. So feel free to do that. Um, there was some flooding with all of the rain. Um, so we are not using the organ today. And thank you, Linus. <laughs> He's like fingering on the piano. Everything's a little different. So Linus is jumping on the piano this week. Um, like he had to do a couple months ago when we had additional flooding. So uh, there's just too much water. You know, there's, just, there's a lot of water. Water, water everywhere. So, um, so there's that. There's a few other people. Hi, Schumacher's. Welcome Hello. back from vacation. Um, in an attempt to be um, more inclusive around the communion table, um, we're trying out allergen-free uh, communion bread. So it is gluten-free and egg-free and flour-free. I mean, it's everything free. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing in it is Jesus, all Jesus. <laughs> um, so we are still, for those that are like true celiac, um, we're, we still have to decontaminate like the communion prep area, and I'll do that this week. Um, so, but the, the bread itself is good, but just know that it was, it was prepped with, I'm just making this announcement because we've got the tailors who are like, okay, just so you know, this is how the celiac stuff works. So like the knife was good and the cutting board was fine, but it's still working within an area that has not been fully decontaminated from gluten. So, um, but it is egg free. Um, and so we're working to, to be more inclusive. And so all the bread is like this. There's no special separate bread. Um, it's all Jesus bread. So I'll make that announcement. All right. And I'm going to work to decontaminating and if anyone wants to come and help me this week, like, this is how this is done. Um, feel free. A couple of other announcements from Jamie. Good morning. Good morning. Um, some of you, if you follow 7th Street Christian Church on social media, have seen Flat Jesus making an appearance. Um, for And you may be like, who's Flat Jesus? If you weren't here last week, you didn't get to quite hear his introduction. 
Um, but we're doing a summer challenge for everyone, not just for children, not just for youth, but for everybody who um, will receive a flat Jesus copy. Um, and it's, it's a reminder that God goes with us whether we're here in church on a Sunday or whether we're traveling on vacation um, all summer long, all year long, um, all life long, God goes with us. Um, so take your flat Jesus with you on your travels, on your bike rides, on wherever you may go this summer, um, and take pictures and share them with us to see where Jesus is going with you. Um, already this week, Jesus went as far as Macon, Georgia, and M New York. Um, Flat Jesus went to a Nationals game. Flat Jesus went to the VMFA. Um, Flat Jesus has been all over the place. Um, so continue to share where you take Flat Jesus with you this summer. Next Sunday, we will be doing a camp commissioning. So if you are a youth or a child going to summer camp this year, whether it's Craig Springs or whether it's Don Lee summer camp, um, we will be recognizing you next Sunday um, and blessing you on your camping adventure. And finally, this Friday night is a Faith, Family, and Friends night with the Green Team. So join us in Hanover Hall on Friday night. Did we say 6, 6.30? At 6 p.m. Um, we'll be doing a pizza dinner, um, and we'll have allergen-free options um, for those that need them. And we'll be planting our own little herb gardens, um, seeing how we can take a garden home, um, nurture it for ourselves, and then use what it produces. Um, so join us for that. Any questions to myself or Jess Kelly? Um, we look forward to having you there. Speaking of green team. Good morning. Uh, following worship this morning, the green team will be meeting in the parlor. This will be a really short meeting. Anyone who's interested in learning more about what we're doing and um, the, the changes we want to try to make at 7th Street to be more environmentally aware and sustainable in our practices is welcome to join us. That'll be immediately following worship. I'm hoping for like, seriously, 20 minutes. It should be pretty short and easy. Uh, we'll meet in the parlor. Thank you, Jess. Um, about any other major announcements that I missed or we're good? Um, wonderful. Then let us prepare our hearts to worship God. Good morning. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? Uh, 
come, let us celebrate the one who calls us to love and speak truth to power. We are called to love and defend our brothers and sisters who suffer in silence. We must rise up, stand up, and speak up for righteousness. Come, let us celebrate together the power to love and to speak truth. Please join me in the opening hymn number 714 for the fruit of all creation. In the lives of neighbors who suffer brokenness and pain, in the struggle of the poor whose rights are not honored, in a world crying out for wisdom, love, and mercy, in a world calling for the blessings of truth. Let us, let us confess together. We confess that in our lives we often hide behind our wits and close to weak and just friends and teachers. And we let ourselves go closer to those who are dead and merciful to us. We confess that God is always pleased with our courageous and selfishness. word of God assures us that we are able to love through the spirit of Christ. Let us go from this place of authority, knowing that God's word gives us strength to love our neighbors and more ourselves, power to speak up for those who are broken. Thanks to the word of God. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another.
seated. Our first reading this morning comes, uh, it's actually an excerpt from a poem called Home. It's uh, written by Warsan Shire, who is a British Somali poet. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbors running faster than you, breath bloody in their throats. The boy who went to school with you, who kissed you behind the old tin factory, is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. No one leaves home unless home chases you, fire under feet, hot blood in your belly. It's not something you ever thought of doing until the blade burnt threats into your neck, and even then, you carried the anthem under your breath. You have to understand that no one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. No one burns their palms under trains beneath carriages. No one spends days and nights in the stomach of a truck feeding on newspaper unless the miles traveled mean something more than the journey. No one crawls under fences. No one wants to be beaten, pitied. I want to go home, but home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of the gun, and no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore, unless home told you to quicken your legs, leave your clothes behind, crawl through the desert, wade through the ocean, drown, save, be hunger, beg, forget pride. Your survival is more important. No one leaves home until home is a sweaty voice in your ear saying, leave, run away from me now. I don't know what I've become, but I know that anywhere is safer than here. second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. I invite you to read along or to actively listen. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, well, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. And a Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you have spent. Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, 
the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. I don't think I need to give a long explanation about the background of this text. This parable is so well known that even non-church folk know what it means to be a good Samaritan. But just to make sure, Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. For a Jew to refer to a Samaritan as good would be the equivalent of referring to someone as a good Nazi or a good rapist. Or in light of this week's events, referring to someone as the good immigrant. Or in some international circles, maybe even the good American. Actually, nowhere in this text does it ever say that the Samaritan is good. That's just the title of the story. Just how did you decide on this title anyway? What makes a Samaritan good? Were there bad Samaritans? Actually, at the time of Jesus, most, if not all, Samaritans were considered bad. So it's kind of a moot point. Was a Samaritan good because he actually saw the guy in the ditch? That could be. After all, this is the main theme in Luke. Jesus sees whom others overlook, and Jesus asks us to see those we might easily pass by. Was a Samaritan good because he was moved with pity? Was a Samaritan good because he went to the beaten man and bandaged his wounds? Was the Samaritan good because before bandaging his, the left for dead man's wounds, he poured oil and wine on them? Was a Samaritan good because he put the ditch guy on his very own animal? Was the Samaritan good because he brought him to an inn and took care of him? Was a Samaritan good because the next day he took out two denarii, the equivalent of two paydays, and gave it to the innkeeper and said, please take care of him? Was a Samaritan good because he said, you know, when I get back, I will repay you whatever more you spend? critical to remember that this entire parable got started because of one question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's an interesting question and one that seems to focus on the ending instead of the journey. It is clear that the lawyer knows his scripture. He answers his own initial question. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And perhaps it's a vocational hazard, but the lawyer needs to clarify the language. Who is my neighbor? He wants to know who qualifies as a neighbor. Frankly, this story reminds me that when I was a kid and had to clean my room, and my goal was just to do enough to pass the parental inspection. I wasn't concerned about doing a good job or a complete job, just enough to get by to get on with my life. The lawyer wants to know, how far does he really have to go? Because he just plans to do the minimum. Who is your neighbor? 
Well, it's people just like you and I. But it's also the one you can't even imagine being near to. The one you can't stand. The one who makes you sick. The one who makes you hurt. The one who makes you angry. The one who has lied to you. The one you fear. The one that frustrates you. What does it mean to love them as ourselves? I was thinking this week, how much do we really love ourselves? Because it's an interesting question. Because we live in a world where I wonder how much love do we really have for ourselves? When we measure our success by what our neighbor has, when we seek our self-worth through the purchasing of things and clothes and fancy cars and a bigger house and when we live in a society where we are so addicted to social media that we seek validation through selfies and likes and shares. It seems that loving ourselves is much more self-centered and selfish. To love our neighbor as ourselves. How do we turn outward? of inward. And the challenge, how do we care for our neighbor when our own lives are falling apart? How do we extend love and compassion when some of us are just trying to get through our own days of cancer treatments and addictions and family despair and paying the bills and troubled marriages and broken hearts and the loss of children and friends? supposed to love our neighbor when our neighbor may actually be a crappy person? How are we supposed to love our neighbor when we don't see eye to eye on issues that fundamentally bear that we approach life differently? I don't know. But I know it's not with violence or unkind words or closing our ears and our hearts. I do believe it is with small steps and mumbled prayers and turning outward instead of inward. What if the Samaritan was good because he simply made a choice to come near the almost dead man in a ditch. He was good because he approached him. Because he decreased the distance between him and the man that was so clearly in need of help. zero-tolerance family separation policy has come to a head this week. We see thousands of immigrant children forcibly separated from their parents and living in cages. And while the issue of immigration is deeply complex, the realities of what we've been seeing this week are deeply troubling. The decisions to separate families burdens our own systems. Parents have no idea where their children are located. There is no process of actually re reuniting children and parents. And all the while realizing that private contractors are profiting from this abuse and heartache. Do we need reminding that in the Gospel of Matthew, after the Magi's visit and learning that King Herod intended to kill all the infants in the area, that Joseph had a dream where an angel appeared to him and told him to flee Egypt? 
And so he did with Mary and with his infant son, Jesus. And they fled and they were spared. And they were aliens in a foreign land. All week as I have sat with this text, I kept imagining the man in the story as the immigrant child ripped apart from mothers and fathers and left alone. I imagined the man in the story in the ditch being the parents of these children beaten from a long journey of running for their lives and collapsed in fear and grief at the thought of not knowing where their children are. I imagined the man in the story in the ditch being us, private citizens of a country that we call home. In the words of my colleague, Reverend Jarrett Banks, who says, we have been robbed robbed of pride and dignity, robbed of trust and hope, and robbed of peace and security. We have been beaten by confusion and despair, and we are bleeding. We are bleeding tears and bleeding fear and bleeding anger. Can we see the different characters in our story? Can we have empathy for those, the narrative, in the narrative of our biblical story, as well as the narrative in our own lives? We are the injured man. those children and so are those parents but we are also the Samaritan capable of doing good we're actually all of these things because we are complex beings we are both the robber and the priest the Levite and the lawyer we are both us and the alien seeking safety. We are both these things because we are connected to each other. Because we are all children of God. We are community and our liberation, our freedom is all tied to each other. We are all neighbors. Let us remember that. Let us remember that we are also like Jesus, capable of cultivating the Christ within us, capable of being light in darkness, capable of love showing the way even in the darkest of times. May we seek light, even in the midst of darkness. Dear Lord, deliver us. Amen. I invite us to stand and sing our hymn of commitment, recommitting ourselves to the way of Jesus. We will sing all three verses that are printed in your insert. Let us stand and sing.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of all beloved children, having heard the story of the Good Samaritan today, we are reminded that you ask us to consider who our neighbors are and what their needs might be. In our living and being, you call us to do more than acknowledge their presence. You call us to see and cherish the worth of our neighbors, to treat them with dignity and respect, and to be in community, supporting our neighbors in times of great ease and especially in times of great need. Hear our prayers, O oh God, as we pray for all our neighbors. For our neighbors battling chronic illness and other health concerns, we pray for their patience and their perseverance. For our neighbors experiencing violence in their homes and in their communities, we ask you to be their shield of protection a holy guard that provides safety in all circumstances. For our neighbors who do not have reliable shelter or protection for the, from the elements of heat and rain and wind, we ask that you be with them and be their sense of home and place of rest and comfort while they do not have a physical location to call home. For our neighbors who are outcasted because of the color of their skin or the pronunciation of their name, we pray for an end to systemic racism and racial division. Reveal to us the beauty and necessity for diversity and convict us to be active builders of community with all races and ethnicities. For our neighbors experiencing loneliness and isolation, we pray for belonging and acceptance. Build awareness in us that our responsibility is to reach out to those that are lonely and welcome them into our community. Our call is to befriend the isolated and to share your love and hope with them. For our neighbors at borderlines, we are painstakingly aware of the many crises and injustices affecting our world today, especially the separation of immigrant families at borderlines. Remind us of your teachings to pay attention, to love, and to go out of our way to care for the other, the refugee the immigrant, just as the Samaritan did. You have taught us a common tune, O oh God, expressing your love and care for all of your children. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Empower us to sing and shout the worth of each of your precious children, even when others say detain them. Embolden us to be your hands and feet every day of the year, to be justice seekers and lovers of mercy for all of our neighbors. Guide us in the ways of your son, who was once a child that traveled with his family across borderlands. It is in his holy name that we pray, and all of God's children said, Amen.
we are called to love and to obey God's still speaking voice. Let us give freely to the building of God's beloved community here on earth. Come now and share your gifts, tithes, and offerings. Let us give as God has blessed us to give. pray. Oh God, we offer these gifts, tithes, and offerings for the building of your beloved community on earth. Bless the gifts and the givers. Bless all who offer time, talent, and treasure in your service. We offer this prayer in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Who is your neighbor? The one who showed mercy. The definition of mercy is showing compassion or forgiveness towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And while I don't actually am incapable of imagining a God who would punish and harm, we understand our God as a loving one who shows mercy. So perhaps mercy can also be understood as someone who does not withhold. We come to this table recognizing that Jesus was an ultimate neighbor, not withholding love or compassion, justice, forgiveness, or his life. Let us prepare our hearts for communion with the singing of our communion hymn found on page 600.
As we gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he he gathered with his friends and took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and blessed it and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins. Pour it out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Dear God, how grateful we are to be here to unite our hearts around this table of remembrance and to share in this sacred rite of communion. You know us all and you hear each of our prayers for forgiveness and spiritual and emotional strength, for patience and forbearance through the trials of our own everyday lives. As we take this bread, we ask for guidance in the care and leadership of our children, the ill, the infirm, and the unknowing. And we pray that through us, they will come to know and rejoice in your love so freely given to us all. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank you, O God, for this time together, especially at this table, where we are reminded that at this table we are indeed accepted. We are loved. We are neighbors. We are friends. We are united with you. We are healed. We are made one. Bless us as we receive this cup that the love that you give us through Christ our Lord may flow through us and onto all we meet, all of our neighbors everywhere. We may celebrate your love and together be a people who are free, together be a people who are one as a world in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
Merciful God, we thank you for this meal that is a reminder of how Jesus lived, loving extravagantly, not withholding a thing. May we depart this table living like that, showing mercy to all. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. stand and sing our closing hymn, Love Divine, All Love That's Selling, found on page 517. Receive this benediction now as we leave from this place, but not from your presence. Let us remember that you are still speaking, O God. Send your grace to go with us, your peace to keep us, and your love to surround us as we travel. May we leave empowered to love and speak your truth each day. Amen.